And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, it's New Year. It's Monday. We're we're back. First pod it's, of the new year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huge shout out to everybody listening uh, throughout 2020. It was obviously a roller coaster of a year, um, to say the least. And we appreciate you guys sticking with us through months of no basketball, where we still <laughs> had podcasts, where we were talking nonsense and doing trivia shows and whatever. We uh, appreciate you guys continuing to to listen and follow along, and uh, it's it's going to be an interesting season with this team uh, with regards to the play on the court, which we'll get to today. Uh, I believe they'll continue to make trades, so I think that's always interesting. And then we will get to the NBA draft earlier than we usually do because it's going to yeah. be a huge part of the Thunder rebuild. The 2021 draft is going to be... I believe a large chunk of the Thunder's rebuild. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting year on many levels. And let's just start with their win in Orlando. They, they played really well. Such a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> I, we had six players in double digits, mm-hmm. uh, including the, really the highlights for from that night, if you're just talking about the rebuild, is Darius Baisley was super good. He was yep. legitimately great. Outplayed Aaron Gordon on both ends, which should be highly embarrassing <laughs> to Aaron Gordon. It was it was an embarrassment. Uh, he finished with 19 well, points, 12. What? Well, what? What? What uh, what is your current evaluation of Aaron Gordon? What's the value of him on the open market? Say in in picks or in cereals, whatever cheese. <laughs> we we already know that you don't know anything about them, so we will not use oh, the scale. No. Uh, <laughs> I would say he's worth a first round pick. What kind of protection are we talking about? He's probably worth like a top 10 protected first round pick. Mm-hmm. So you would you would trade the possibility to draft a guy in early lottery for Aaron Gordon. Depending which, on where my team was, yeah. I think he could help some teams that have good players. I think that's his destiny is to play on a team that already has good players. Like if you could somehow just throw him on to Portland without having to trade CJ, where he's your third or fourth guy, great. I don't know. I I have to me is slightly better Kelly Oubre 
Oh, shoot. That's bad. Maybe a tad better. A tad better. If you, you got a first round pick for Ubre. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Not tons better. I mean, I mean, it won't be a first round pick. It won't be. Um, but lottery protected, maybe yes. But to me, he's a. Uh, would you get? Would you prefer having him or Covington? Um, to me, it's not even a question. Like I know really? the upside is still young. Yes, yes. If well, if I'm a team that wants to rebuild, that I am like he's no use to me. Uh, if I'm a team that wants to win, like no way, no way. Like Portland will not do Covington for Aaron Gordon to me today. And that is maybe I'm wrong. That is maybe sad. I'm wrong. I I think I probably would. I think it gives you a higher ceiling. Covington's Covington's good. But he was awesome in the playoffs. He was awesome. He in could the do. Playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. He did exactly what a championship team wants. Like defense, maybe not enough on ball, but okay. And like draining trees every single game mm-hmm. and playing high level defense. This is what you want. Yep. Can Aaron Gordon hit trees, hit trees at the same rate as Covington? Can he play better defense on average? Maybe what, not. What? <clears throat> maybe not. To me, I mean. If you can develop a guy like that, great. Do I want to lure him out of Orlando just to see if I can do better? No. Mm. I think you're hitting on why he's still in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Because the value is not like Orlando will not trade him for a top 15 protected first round pick. No. I would not trade Bays for a top 15 protected first round pick. Ooh. Top 15 protected? Yeah, probably not. No, no, he's no. been he's been lottery good. Yeah, he's yeah, been... lottery good. Which which can be still being uh, Mo Bamba in terms of development. He can be great this year, and well, Mo Bamba was not even great for one season. Um, but you can have lottery talent being great one season, Michael Carter Williams, if you want, and then being a guy that you would probably like three, four years in their development, be willing to trade a uh, top 15 protected for something for him. But yeah. not today. Yeah. Like, I would... So, he's, he was actually the better player. This is what I... In terms of value around the league, I think. As stupid as it sounds, because Aaron Gordon is, like, a, a real player. Basically, mm-hmm. is not. But, but in terms of value for a team like OKC, there's no... To me, it's not a question. You say Baisley's not a real player? No, I mean, it's a player that has a story in this league. Baisley's just started. He's a player that yeah. you don't know what, what you can get night in and night out. With Aaron Gordon, you know. He's a, a real player Yeah, in, in that sense. I mean, sure, uh, sure, I mean, sure. Yeah, Bays is showing flashes. He's got a... Yeah. Consistency is the, is the next step. Like we have yeah. guys that have shown... A lot. Like Dort has shown some crazy flashes. Uh, even Pokushevsky yeah. has shown some really good flashes from a passing standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. Tail Maladon was great in Orlando. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but the next step is can you do that every night? Can you do it four out of five nights? That's yeah. what we're talking about with these guys. And we haven't seen that from anybody but Shea. And I know that some people may be down on Shea. Uh, 
I don't think you really should be. But mm-hmm. he's the o- Shea is the only young guy that has shown an ability to do it night in, night out on both ends yeah. of the court. So, but Baisley, that was a big step for Baisley, I thought, in Orlando. He was two of four yeah. from three, seven of ten from the field overall. He's hitting all kinds of shots. I mean, to me, that's the big that's the big deal with him. Exactly. Is that he can hit a variety of shots. And that's what really good players do. If he was just sitting parked in the corner and just if he hit five threes, let's say. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like that's great. And that's nice to know that that's there. But I wouldn't be as excited as I am today about Baisley because he hit that mid-range jumper off the dribble, step back. Okay, that's that's something. That's I can't I I can't manu or I'm not shooting well or I'm I can't manufacture something. Let me go. I need to get to my spot, which I, that kind of seems like one of his spots, just beyond the free throw yeah. line. If I can get to that spot, I know I can hit that jumper. And that's a big deal for somebody his age to establish something like that. That's what scores do. That's like what real scores do. Not just role players, but like a real score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year we saw that with uh, Dan Schroeder. We saw that with Chris Paul. There is a shot they, that they like to get when everything else fails. And you can see that uh, the move that, Chris does on big man is his go-to and will ever revert to that all the time and you will never be able to guard it because you know that he has all the other options now with Basie it's great because you see on certain moments where you miss a shot it's there was a moment when he had to take a three and it was clear to me that he knew from the beginning that that shot has no possibility to go in Mm -hmm. because it, it wasn't in his in his rhythm uh, that wasn't his shot, but he had to take it anyway. And so it's a, it's a learning process, and, it, and it's great that he trusts already some of his movement. And uh, I was talking to uh, with John uh, on After Dark, after the game, about the fact that his passing, I think, right now is not a focus, not just for him, but in general. Like, this team has already many guys that can make a pass and, and create, and I think that basically... Basley's task is not to be a primary creator. Uh, and maybe it will never be, but I think that he has the ability to do more with the ball in sense. And the line is already uh, pretty full. If you if you want Shea to be able to penetrate, if you want Dort to be able to penetrate, so it's fine to use Basley as a spot-up shooter for a lot of time, but he's able to do more with the ball. And he has good, good handle for his size, uh, something that Poku will learn in due time. Um, and so I think that there is another, another level to go to, not just in terms of scoring, but being an overall efficient player. Uh, I remember the first few games last year where he was just penetrating and dishing. Uh, that part was not really in full display, but it's, I think, by design. He's working on other stuff, which is awesome. I mean, it always reminds me, uh, and I always laugh when I read that Thomas year was wasted in OKC or something. I mean, he was working on different things. He was asked to do different things. It was not bad. He was just asked to do things that were not inside his comfort zone. And I think it's important. And for Basley, maybe having the ball more uh, is better. Poku clearly wants the ball, but you have to learn to do other stuff. 
it's not about your comfort zone. It's about going out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that this applied to Maladon as well, which was more aggressive than usual. And the results were <laughs> incredible. I was so impressed yeah. by the way in which he played. Yeah, he was so good. Uh, Miguel Devella in the chat, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, you can follow us on YouTube and watch us live and join in and become part of the show. Uh, Miguel wants to know where Bays would go in the 2020 draft if he was somehow inserted into that this past draft. To me, you get to like seven, eight, nine, ten, and that's mm -hmm. about the range where I would say that's where I would take him. Because you go Edwards, Wiseman, Weissman. I think I might be doing I that for know, his whole whatever. career. Uh, Lamelo, Patrick Williams, Okoro, Okongwu. And yeah, then, I think it's safe. It's safe that like even even Obi Toppin. I think that even if yeah, I would not draft him before. But the consensus would have been Toppin before him. I think you can discuss you can discuss a guy like Advia. You can discuss Jalen Smith. Who, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's big. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I mean. I hated the Cam Johnson pick, and it turned out to be okay. Um, I have to go back. I would probably be drafting someone else at that spot anyway. Yeah, Jalen Smith. I mean, why? Just why? You have right there Tyrese Halliburton. Even I would Devin Tyrese Halliburton. Devin Vassell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, over. I was thinking uh, compared to to Basley. I don't know. Uh, I think that between nine and thirteen is where. He should be taken. I agree. Um, in this draft, it's early for Killian. It's early for Killian Hayes, but man, he has not looked good. Yeah, uh, Detroit was playing Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, and the center, uh, my my Mason Plumley. Yeah, Plumley. At a certain point, it's not easy to play that way, but still, still, he's not looked great. Uh, no. Yeah, Halliburton fell way too... I mean, everybody knew that on draft night. Everybody was saying it on draft night fell way too far. And now yeah. we're saying it again. <laughs> he fell way too far. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, to me, Tyrese is in play at... If any other team but Cleveland is there, you have to take a look at Tyrese. Mm -hmm. Because I agree that you have Sexton, you believe in Sexton, mm -hmm. there is a good chance good chance that Tyrese is not good as Sexton. But even then, I mean, he's a secondary ball handler that can do multiple things with the ball and space the court for you. Why not? Just, I, I get the Okoro pick. I, I really get it. I, mm -hmm. I probably would have been torn between the two. But yeah. after him, I mean, he's in place. Yep. Yep. I agree. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Ollie 88 wants to know our thoughts on Hami's game in Orlando. I thought that was probably his best game. Of, uh, it, was, it was his best game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. 12 points, eight Definitely. boards. He, he made pretty good decisions besides one step back jumper. That was mind blowingly no. bad. Uh, but beyond that, he was good. He was really using his athleticism, which if he's going to be anything in the NBA, it's just that he's going to have, he just has to out athlete everybody with his quickness, yeah. with his uh, jumping ability, with his strength, because he is elite in those, in only those aspects of the NBA. Like that's, yeah. that's him. And yeah, it's, it's all, what's really holding him back is just his ability to make good decisions because if he could, be a good decision maker, then he's actually got like a high ceiling. I just don't know that he can get there, but you know, if he can have one of these games every once in a while, cool. Yeah. Uh, not too many though. Uh, you were talking before about consistency and if everyone starts to be consistent, this team is not too good to tank, but not very good for tanking purposes because it will be not the worst team in the league but but anyway uh about hami um i remember i was watching the game uh and i thought when dort had his third i think called on on ross and hami was tasked to guard him and ross was scorching hot i said oh boy well, I was happy because oh yeah, now it's it's Ross time and okay, see will. <laughs> I know. And, and Hami did pretty well. I would say almost better than Lou because he was very active on screens. Uh is a little bit uh shiftier uh than Dort uh, navigating screens. Uh like Dort is is just a tank. And if he goes through screens, it will either crash onto the screener or onto the guy that is actually using the screen. So it's harder for him to guard uh, quick players on screens. Hami did a very good job. And I was really pleased because this is where I think Hami has a lot of room for improvement. And if he becomes a very good defender, which is not today, or at least over the past two years, he was not a good defender. Now... If you have that kind of player who can manufacture basket at the baskets at the rim and maybe hit a corner three once in a while, plus being a good defender, yeah, this is a guy that can crack a nine-man rotation in uh, any team. Yeah, and and again, I would be very happy. The decision making to me is not where it should be, so he will never be a top priority for me to develop a guy like that. But if he works hard enough, and I'm sure he's working because the defense was really good against Ross, which is not a guy that is easy to guard, uh, then then maybe OKC has something. And mm-hmm. yeah, the more young guys you have, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Manteo really showed a lot against Orlando. Yeah. 12, 12 points, four assists, three boards, one steal, only one turnover. Yeah, he, he demolished Cole Anthony. 
Oh, and who could have called that me. one? Who in the world could have called that one? My gosh. <laughs> we got a tweet saying that we were tipped about going into Teomalidon. I promise you, we were just lazy. It was not just no one who said told that? us to. I don't remember. Um, I, I can check. Um, someone tweeted, Well, admit that you were tipped because you did it really last minute. Yes, because we were extremely lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we had the idea of, well, no one is talking about Baladon. Why should we? And then, you know what happened? We just I think watched what the happened game was I th- we, one of us was watching him, right? Like, oh, yeah, crap. yeah. I think it was it was just like you watching some um, some YouTube. You send a YouTube link and said, "Well, yeah, I'm watching a full game. We should really discuss this." Yeah, it was just over the last weeks uh, before the draft, and yeah. we decided to go. But yeah, yeah. He he was really solid, and that's that's probably the best descriptor for him is that mm-hmm. he's steady and he's going to be able to shoot the ball. And yeah. he can has really good vision in the half court, which is really important for a point guard. Yeah. I don't. I mean, he's got some real potential in there, and I kind of hope that when they trade George Hill, because it's definitely when they do, because he's been so good <laughs> for for the Thunder. I mean, he would start and play thirty five minutes. For the Nets today, yeah, I mean he's he's that good, and he would yeah. help them quite a bit. He could help a ton of teams. They're gonna trade him. It's just going to happen. But when they I'm do, sure. I know that this is like a kind of small three guard lineup. But I would like to see them just start him and play him with Shea and Dort because that's just yeah. a really fun, versatile lineup and. I don't really care if they have a real backup point guard or not. Really just don't care. If they give Hami the ball enough, who cares? I think it would be yeah. a, fun, a fun lineup. Yeah, and they, they can also start Hami and then bring Teo as first guy off the bench and yeah. you play a bunch. With, like You play him in a shorter role where he gets to finish games and mm-hmm. he's the first off the bench. It's, it's like The point is playing him a lot with Shea. That is something that I want to see as well. And I was mm-hmm. hoping that he could get like a long run against Orlando. And he kind of did. He kind of played, I think, at least 10 minutes with Shea. Because Shea was really the focal, uh, the focus of the defense. Yeah. He got double team, triple team. And there was no one else who could really create uh, except for Maledon. And when Maledon was on the court, I think the flow was much better than he was off. So I really look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree. Hill will be traded. I think that uh, Sam is basically picking his card. Uh, he has a very thick deck of mm-hmm. choices with Hill. I think he 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 has such a perfect salary to trade. Um, yeah. I think that it's smarter to to wait until the guys who were signed using the full MLE can be traded, mm-hmm. which I know exact. I don't know exactly when it is, but I think it's maybe at the end of this month. I have no idea. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. If you're I, I I should have asked John, uh, but I don't remember uh, if I did. And if I did, I don't remember the answer. Um, but if you wait, then you may see something interesting because maybe some team is not happy with his with his Emily signing, and George Hill makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Again, Brooklyn, I love the fit. We already discussed it. 
Brooklyn, just give us a pick, even protected, plus Dinwiddie or whoever you want, Torrent Prince. If you give us Prince, then it's a bit more costly for you, but that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, they're playing TLC. <clears throat> real minutes. Real, real it's minutes. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's your nader. So it's it's fine to have during the regular season being like ninth to tenth man, but if you yeah. really want to, to to have any success, when when you have Ben Simmons guarding you, what like if you have TLC handling the ball for one second and you have Ben Simmons on him, what is the result? <laughs> like you know, with George Hill, maybe you get a shot, mm-hmm. and and it's it's worth a first a first round pick. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, McKelly, did you have pizza when you came over to the U.S.? Yeah. Well, I, I, I had pizza multiple times, not just in, you know, no, in OKC, I don't think so. But when I was in Purdue, at Purdue, yeah. like it was every every Friday. Every Friday? What, what kind of pizza? Yeah. Did you, where did you get pizza from? Like a local uh, shop or like a chain restaurant? Well, that depend. I don't remember. It was multiple ones. Did you have uh, any bad pizza while you were here? Bad pizza? Mm-hmm. It's it's not Italian pizza, but pizza is not bad there. It's just different. It's not the same kind of thing. What's but it's, well, describe the difference. I'm trying to develop like a pizza scale for us here. I was going to give you a few things, and I was going to give you a, a pizza scale. Um... Well, the the texture is is different. The, the the yeast that you use is different. The quantity of yeast you use is very different. The the look of the pizza, like the the one that you do that you get in Naples, is you have a very very thick. Uh, uh, how can you say that? The border of the, the crust. How can you call it? The cr- it's not even a crust. It's soft. It's really. Um, you can fold the pizza easily. It's very fluffy, so it's um, it's different. Then you have the Roman pizza, which is kind of more similar to the one they have in the US. Mm-hmm. But it's it, I would not rank them. It's just different. So I don't have a rank for pizza. I can rank toppings for pizza. Okay, what's a bad topping for pizza? Anything with eggs is terrible. Uh, anything with fruit is generally terrible. Um, Anything with just mozzarella is okay. If it's a good mozzarella, better. Um, my go-to is something that you don't have there. Uh, it's uh, it's called in Italian salsiccia and friarielli, which is basically a very similar thing to broccoli with sausage. And it's super good. Um, pepperoni, I like. Um, I like anything with prosciutto. So, yeah. So... Prosciutto and uh, and real mozzarella is very good. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so there's is there no bad pizza? Is that is that what we discovered? Fruit on pizza? Yeah, fruit is like the pizza the 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 one with pineapple to me is. I like it. I would I would eat it, but but no no. Yes, I like it, but apparently I just like trash food is what I'm discovering and doing these. I mean, I can eat it. I would not pick it. Like it would be my last pick. I, I eat anything. I even eat Velveeta if you give it to me. But <laughs> probably on nachos I would. Um, but yeah. I even tried to make Nutella pizza once. Oh, like a dessert pizza. Yeah, I'm sure it was delicious. 
Yeah, not an experiment that I will try again anytime soon. <laughs> there are so many other things where you can put Nutella and are much, much better. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Okay, so we'll do pineapple pizza or pepperoni pizza. Uh, which is okay. kind of like a real or fake. Is this real? Okay. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander only averaging 18.8 points per game. Is that pineapple or pepperoni? Uh, if I say pepperoni, it means that it's going to stay, right? No, it's, it's pineapple to me. Okay. He's going to be more efficient and probably he will not be over 25, I think, but not below 20 if I have to bet today. Yeah. The thing that will help this is he's only shooting 29% from three on the season. He is yeah. nine of 31 on the season. Yeah. But he's 31 over five games is where I want him to be. Maybe even yeah. a, a tad higher. Yeah. Six. I mean, that's six attempts per game. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Lugans Dort. Five three-point attempts per game, 44.4% from three. Is this pepperoni or is this pineapple? It's definitely pineapple, but I will win our bet. So where was this where is this gonna land, McKelly? Where is this where, where did this 4.5? Yeah, he's he's between different. 33 and 35, if I have if I have to pick a range. He is definitely over 29.5. Yeah, I concede. I think I've. I think I can already concede that. That's he is. He's different. Mm-hmm. His shot is different. It's and better. He, he improved a lot. It's just his overall touch. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to the rim. I. I don't know what he did. <laughs> I don't know. Who I, I want to. I want to take the same thing that he took over the over the right. off season. I don't know how he did. Just it. give me that. Uh, I don't think he worked with Lethal Shooter. Which has anybody? Have you ever seen anybody work with Lethal Shooter and just become a Lethal Shooter? Mm, I feel I like I think so. Like Hami's worked with him. Dre's worked with him. I don't know. But Was, did he work with? Um, Kid Gilkers at a certain point? Yes. Or am I, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that, that picture is still... It's so bad. 
<laughs> it's so bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you can't. He can't continue to shoot forty four percent from three, but he will. Yeah. He's going to be in the thirties. Mm-hmm. He's twelve of twenty seven from three so far. Yeah, the number of attempts I like um, because he. It's not that he's taking five field goals and five trees. He's taking mm-hmm. ten, maybe even more than ten field goal attempts per game. And yeah. well, roughly 50 50. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is awesome, which is just what you need. Yeah, from a guy like that. And the drives that he's able to do are, are just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not just the reverse uh, layup, which was clearly a beauty, but it's overall like he can just put the ball on the court and dribble. And this is, and he knows when to do it, which is almost as important as. Um, being able to, which which is what I think uh, I still need to see from Hami. You need to know when it's the time to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And Lou seems to get it. Yeah, he does. Uh, Alexey Pokushevsky, poor guy, has got a concussion. I hate that for him. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But um, pepperoni or pineapple... On nine percent from the field for Alexei Pokushevsky. I would say more pepperoni than pineapple. I think you have like two slices of wow, nine percent. I was throwing you a no, softball here. No, no, it's. I would be surprised if you cross twenty-five percent. Wow, I would be extremely surprised, which is not a bad thing. I would, I would really hope for him to. I disagree. I think I think it's bad. I think it's bad. I would say no, it's bad. It, it depends. It depends. It really depends on depends when on if you like points or not. Um, <laughs> uh, suppose that he's around fifteen percent in March, like terrible, and then he has <laughs> one month and a half where he finally finds his stroke and he is forty yeah. percent, and he ends up shooting 29 percent. 25, 26, 27. I think something like that is going to happen. If it's above 30, great. I I wouldn't bet anything of value that he him being well, maybe above 25, yes, but if you set the over-under, the same over-under for that we set for Lou Dort, I would pick the under quite comfortably. Yeah. The thing with with Poku that is he's such a mixed bag. He's doing other things on the court, which yeah. which is great. Like he's grabbed more rebounds than Lou Dort in the first five games. He yeah. has the second most blocks on the team in yeah. the first five games. He has the second most steals in the first five games. He's contributing in other ways. It's funny. He's got five total points, and then like every other stat is higher than his point total. Like his he has the same amount of blocks and steals as he does points uh he's got 10 turnovers in five games as well which is not great but it just means he's trying stuff like he's out there really trying and he has done some spectacular things with regards to passing and he has whipped the ball off the backboard so hard that i have literally never seen anything like that in my entire life like i've never and i've watched a lot of basketball i have never ever seen that happen it was unbelievable, and 
he's got a ways to go. He's got a long ways to go. Yeah. But he's he's shown enough where I'm still extremely intrigued by him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pascal Siakam didn't play a lot in his first season, and he was not good. Yeah. Um, I'm not with entirely... I, I don't entirely agree with Jay when he says he needs to go into G League and be super duper. But if he has a chance to play there intensively for two weeks, I would not be against. Just go there, play two weeks, be back with the, with the grown-ups as soon as you've done your job there. Just, yeah. just go there, free flow, show us everything you have. And play 38, 39 minutes a night. And just do whatever you feel it's great. And let us see. I, I'm afraid that it wouldn't be what people would want. Oh, no. But, it, but what people want is, is, is not a concern of mine. That's, the point that's, is, why, that's why I would want him to just stay with the Thunder. Because you're I'm not, afraid I'm, of the, the... I'm just not sure it would be a good thing for his development. I would rather him stay with the big team and continue to play against high-level opponents. and get. Mm-hmm. I'd rather him get the high-level opponent reps than go yeah. play against a lower level of competition. I don't know. I... I like I'd rather see I I want him to get every look he can get this this season mm-hmm. against the best players. Yeah, and, but I'm not talking about like a stable a stable thing. It's just two weeks, one week. Yeah, I, I could even see him if they play the ignite team, just go there and play against Kuminga and mm-hmm. and and Green and see what you got, and tell us what you think about those players. Uh, something like that. I, yeah, I want to see that's him. That's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I would I would be okay playing Pogo 20 minutes from tomorrow. I don't possibly care about seeing... I, I love Mike Muscala as a player. I mean, he's a like three-point monster. He, he's been really nice. He's really, yeah. really good. If you tell me, tomorrow Pogo plays center, great. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care. Uh, I know that you need to have some resemblance of being a team that is trying to do things properly, but I don't know. Maybe Poco is my Porzingis. I want him to be a rim protector, and I want to play him a lot at the center position. Why not? I want to discover things with him. So, he doesn't want. He does not want to play center. I'll tell you that. I I, I can care the least about he is, that. He's mortified to play well, against opposing centers. I'm, I'll tell I'm, you I'm not saying that you need to play against Gobert 20 minutes, but you can play 20 minutes against Isaiah Hartenstein if you want. Yeah, he's playing, for, not, he's playing for another team, but I don't remember who is playing backup center for the Jazz. Denver. Oh, it's Favors. Denver, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't remember who was the backup for the Jazz. Who, who is oh, yeah, Favors. Favors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I... Um... I think they need to keep playing him on the wing. I think you need I think those are the skills that make him unique. Yeah. Is his ability to play upright facing the basket at all times. And if he can do that and I just think that if they just want to make and you can see this with the way that they've drafted and the way that they're developing guys is that 
they can be they can form maybe the most versatile team in the history of the NBA mm-hmm. over the course of the next few drafts. With just you just look at the guys that are coming up. If they can get like one like if they could get Chet, I mean that would be unbelievable to pair him with Shea and with Poku and with Baisley and with Dort. Like they would be unbelievably versatile. Uh, Cade Cunningham obviously is a guy that has a ton yeah. of versatility with regards to position. Like you could, there's a world where he plays like and defends power forwards, right? And is a point guard on offense. He's like Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons had a better offensive game, uh, he's not as athletic as Ben. And we'll get to that at some point. But they have the chance to just form an outrageously versatile lineup. And I want them to. And I think, I think the Thunder have some regrets about the way that they played and developed Jeff Green. Yeah, uh, it's, it was a different history. Like, it was a different. Like it was a different time. Yeah, we weren't it, in the era of positionless basketball. But I think that if the Thunder could go back and do something different developmentally, not like trade wise or anything like that, but just like purely when with regards to development, yeah. I think they would have put the ball in Jeff Green's hands more and yeah. developed him to be more of a point forward type of player. Yeah, and I don't think they want to make. I I think that that they look at Baisley and I think they look at Poku and they're like, we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. We're going to make sure that these guys are as versatile as possible. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the best version of this team is the one with two guys like Poku and Baisley in the front court. That's possible. Or, or if Chet, Baisley and Poku. Well, and- whatever. And Shane yeah. and yeah, or Mobley or Kuminga, whatever. I need guys that can do everything. Mobley, dude, I would freak out if they got Evan Mobley. I'd I'd absolutely lose it. I have I would, to. I have to go back to films and watch a little bit more. I have seen very little. So far. I would I would watch every game four times of the Thunder if they had him. <laughs> Isn't isn't it you. the same with with Suggs and and Cunningham though? Yeah, I mean it is. Yes, and they will probably be better with either one of those guys. But what Evan Mobley does on the court, dude, I it would be it would be wild. It would be a wild team where you just wouldn't know. You just genuinely couldn't say what position anybody plays. Yeah. It would be outstanding. It would be amazing. And I don't know how good they would be, which would be great because I don't think they would be very good. I think that they would just be crazy interesting. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you have a chance to get another guy in 2022. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this and is why you, have- you want to be bad, guys. Like, this is why. You want to give yourself a chance to get yeah. one of these guys. These There are special, special players at the top of the draft. I don't know if there's people say seven. I don't know if there's seven, but maybe there's five. Maybe there's four. It's tricky to get one of those. You want that's where you want to be. And I know it was fun to beat the magic. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, me too. But you have to 
they just have to be bad to get there. They just have yeah. to be. And bad doesn't mean having all the games like the, the one against the Pelicans. That yeah. was interesting for 25, 28 minutes and then it was rubbish. Um, but you can be competitive and lose. Uh, if you are too competitive, then probably you are not going to lose as many games as you, as you want. But you can mm -hmm. at least be competitive with some of your lineups. Like when you play Kenrich and uh, and other guys, you are probably being like demolished by any team that is good. Um, mm -hmm. But it's fine. If your starter unit competes and you make runs and in the, in the end you you lose by 10, great. This mm -hmm. is the perfect outcome. Mm -hmm. uh, last question before we go. Would you trade for Marvin Bagley? Depends. My answer can cannot be no. I wouldn't say no. It would It would be stupid to say no. But if I have to think about the value that Sacramento wants, then probably is a no. Yeah. Okay. Why? I mean, why say no? I don't think he's smart. He is underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. Probably has a complicated matter with his family, between his family and the, the team, which is something that you don't want. Right. Um, so it's a kind of a red flag, but he's a guy that was number two pick, and we all know that Trey was better, that Doncic was better, and he was probably number five on our boards. Yeah. But still, number five on our boards is damn good. Mm -hmm. You don't say no to a former top five pick just because you don't like his father, because it's like calling your coach yogurt instead of yogurt. That that <laughs> right. that is that is quite bad. <laughs> Uh, we should not uh, say that it's not bad, but it depends yep. on the price. And the yep. price to me today is too steep because it's the first round pick and a good one. And there's no way. There's just no way. If you say, yep. well, you trade us George Hill and Miami's 2021 and we give you Bagley. Yeah. Maybe it's still a bit too much. Maybe I would try to... to to think to make them think we'll get the Warriors pick. <laughs> yeah, you can trick them into thinking they're getting our first round pick. No, it's it, not even trick. It's like we're giving you a player that we think it's worth of a protected first round pick. We'll give you a little bit more than that. What about what about Horford? And it's Barnes and Bagley, and you give them. No, Some if it's if it's Barnes, I don't give you anything. You can just be my guest. If you want to give them, best, Bagley can be the asset, but no. And okay. I'm inclined to say I'm still missing something here on your side. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. not enough. Like I don't like Barnes as a contact because it's yeah, he's not good. He's not good to be traded, but. Mm, it's not the guy that I want as part of my development team. I agree. I, I would not want him on the Thunder because he takes minutes from Baisley, Poku, guys like that, where you just, I don't want, I don't want guys, I don't want a guy like that soaking up minutes. Mm -hmm. I would 
have to be able to find a spot to flip him quickly, and I just don't think you can. I think he's a no. little, he's like Horford. He's worse than Horford, but yeah, it's like Horford, but a worse contract. Where yeah, I don't yeah, know that they can move Horford this year, and I definitely think they could not move Barnes this year. I I think that for contracts like that where you see little upside, you need to get an unprotected first if you want to take them on your books. Would you just do Horford for Bagley? and Barnes straight up. Would you do it straight up? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. I would do Horford for um, Barnes and an unprotected first. Yes. Heck yeah. Yeah, but but this is the (laughs) price. I mean, what's the incentive that the Thunder have to do anything less? Yeah. They'll just keep Horford. He's fine. He is worth five wins, maybe? Yeah, uh, that's mm-hmm. that's like lowering your odds, yes. But Barnes doesn't do anything for me. And if Horford keeps shooting five, six threes per game, I will get at least two second rounders, which yeah. is better than Barnes and Bagley on your books. Yep, it's true. Uh, the Thunder are in Miami tonight against the Heat. They tip at 6 o'clock Central Time. Should be, I mean, that's it's an interesting game, without yeah. a doubt. Maybe, uh, maybe Presti and Riley will discuss about removing the protection and getting one of Horford and Hill as a prize to do that so that they perhaps, can they can trade for Harden. For, that would be great, that would mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. So, I think, I mean, they should lose to Miami in Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they do. We'll see. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, be sure to follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barrow. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Hope you guys are doing well and that you have a great Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.